What's going on, fam? Welcome to the Get the Bag podcast, episode 36. Yo, let's go. (laughs) Happy Wednesday, everybody. I'm your host, Gladia Castro. Got my co-host, Tim Park. Hey, fam. What's going on? It's about to be be lit today. So much information. Um, As you guys know, we've been doing this six-part series uh, going through the ins and outs of running a real estate wholesaling business. Uh, I think the last couple of weeks we did administration. Uh, We did, what what else did we do? We did um, marketing, lead Mm -hmm. management, and now we're focusing on acquisitions. This is where, yeah, this is the fun part. This is where a lot of people kind of really um, talk about which is like how to lock up deals, getting it under contract. Um, cl- basically, the closer is your is mm-hmm. the acquisitions. Um, so we're going to dig a little bit deep on that. And uh, you know, if you guys are are tuning in, feel free to post your questions in the chat. We always love to get some engagement where we can answer some questions based off of our experience. And um, yeah, it's going to be fun. But of course, don't forget hit the like, subscribe button. Uh, set your reminders. We're on every Wednesday at 8 a.m. PST. Um, follow us on Instagram too, and feel free to reach out if you guys have any questions. So, as I mentioned, acquisitions is really like the closer. Like mm-hmm. you know, we you know we broke down um, you know the administration. That's kind of like the the little stuff that goes goes on in your business. But you know, you have the marketing. So you've been marketing to a list, whether it's cold calling, SMS, you name it. Um, maybe you've had, you've been following up, you've been doing some lead management. If you've been doing it right, you've been following up consistently with your leads. Um, and now you have a seller who says, I am ready to sell. I need to sell right now, or I need to sell within the next 30 to 60 days. Um, Ideally, if you had a team, you would pass it on to your acquisitions manager or just acquisitions mm-hmm. team. Um, who are the closers, right? So you've sent it to your spiker and spiker is ready to smack it down on the opponent opponent and um, get the contract and move it, move it one step closer to getting uh, money. So Tim, why don't you talk about kind of what your process has been? I know like, you know, it's so it's just kind of been you uh, for mm-hmm. the most part, but what are your thoughts on acquisitions and, um, I think it's, it can be intimidating, right? Being a closer, it's like sometimes that's the negotiation part. You know, you have mm-hmm. to like know how to talk with the seller, the psychology. What are some uh, tips that kind of helped you close close the deals? Uh, and, you know, to get to the point where you're at now, you know, working in commercial, where it's still you, you're using those same techniques, I would assume, in a way, sort of. Um, yeah, talk about that. Yeah, um, I think for me, on uh, on at least on the acquisition side um it's been more understanding how i'm i'm going to like comp properties and educate the seller uh on uh, what's going on in the area because mm-hmm. you're supposed to be the expert um right. when you're purchasing the the property so a lot of a lot of the sellers are going by what they see on Zillow, going see on other, what people are telling them, um, you know, their neighbors, what's going on in the area. So, um, you know, by giving them certain statistics, like what houses have sold in the area, uh, as is properties, um, you know, so we, we, 
we do like bake basically um, what's sold in, in in the area um, it, as is, and then we do ARV. We don't do the percentage. We just do kind of the as is method, and right. um, we we definitely um, or try to educate them, and then try to get a a number out of them first. Um, mm. And that's that's one of the biggest things is trying to get a number. If there um sorry a little technical difference so <laughs> drop the mic bro drop, drop the, the mic bro. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> but anyway um yeah so trying to get them to say a number that uh, actually um they're comfortable with and they if they'll say a high number and then that's when you go back to what's the condition of the property um, what's, you know, um, what they've kind of told you about the property, because there could be a hole in a roof or something, a structural damage, or even, um, they haven't done any kind of updates to the property, right? So you got to use that information to your benefit when you're negotiating a price with them. So mm. everything that they have told you about the property, you kind of throw it back at them and, um, tell them, Hey, there's a pro another property in the area that um, is very similar to yours and it looks like it, they had updated kitchens they had updated um, bathrooms it looks like they have a extra um, living space as well so all mm -hmm. of these add more value to the home and so by educating them that um, you know these are the, some of the things that increase the value of the home and if they haven't done anything the price that you are going to offer or basically anchor is going to be something that, um, you know, uh, you can negotiate, start negotiating with. So those are some of the things that, you know, I've utilized as well. Commercial is a little bit different, of course, right? right. Um, we're going by the numbers. Um, it's not an as is type of situation. So, right. but some of the techniques of the negotiation part is, is there, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and then um, just understanding the story, too. Um, I think that's important. I think that gets lost, too, because um, a lot of people don't know who you are. So explaining you what you do in your process so they understand, because some of them may never sold a home before. Um, so, right. so so that, that, that gets into them being more comfortable with you and your process. Um, and that's worked for me, especially just understanding um, what's going to happen um, after, you know, we agree on a price. And that sometimes lets their guard down on um, the negotiation part. Yeah, for sure. Tons of gems there. I, I think the one thing that stands out is framing. It's all about framing. Um, mm -hmm. You want to set it up like it's the same thing like the volleyball analogy like you're kind of setting the scene for the seller because if they're not accustomed to this or maybe they get a ton of calls like if you imagine you have people like us <laughs> calling the seller nonstop texting them um, but then they they give you the chance to like you know you're giving them they're giving you the chance to like actually give offer give them an offer or they're like you know t sharing their interest so you really want to frame it and that's part of the negotiations of like um, the psychology of it is you want to set it up for the the kill for it like you know to to close it so um 
what I found now is like, we've been kind of prepping, right? We've been in like real estate really for about almost two years now. Um, and now we're at a stance of in the market where things are shifting, right? Like mm -hmm. things, uh, you know, whatever's being listed now is kind of sitting in, on the market now. Like, you know, people are like lowering the price, like price deductions. Um, and so it's a good opportunity for us to um, step in and, mm -hmm. um, you know, not only educate the seller on what's happening in the market, but also um, it's a good way to practice because mm -hmm. now you're, you know, you, you have to find ways to like stand out against other people because you're not the only one reaching out. So it's all how you frame. Of course, you want to build that mm -hmm. relationship, build a rapport with the seller. But I found um, if you know how to frame it towards their situation. And Absolutely. like you said, Tim, like going back to their, the pain point, it's all about the pain point um, because that's kind of your, your, your tying in of like how you can solve the problem for the seller. Right. Exactly. So, um, if you can kind of tie in of like your, you know, your, your, this superhero that's like, Hey, you have this problem, you know, and if the seller wants to resist, you'd be like, but you just told me that, um, you know, the tenants haven't paid for three months. What are you going to do if you don't sell? Um, you know, sometimes sellers are just going to be stubborn and that's where you want to follow up with them. But it's really important to frame, um, you know, as you're negotiating to frame the situation for the seller. Um, and, you know, you'll see more success in that. And if you're struggling in closing and negotiations, you just have to make more offers. You just have to like put yourself out there or like practice with, with people um, mm -hmm. who are, you know, in your group, in your support group. Uh, if you're struggling with that, like you're only going to get better if you if you put in your reps, like exactly, it's as it's as simple as that. So, with with any for any step or sector in a real estate wholesaling bit, it's all about the reps. It's all about practicing, mm -hmm. especially in the in this market. Um, you really need to sell it to the seller of like, how am I going to solve this, this problem for you? Um, yeah. So that's kind of like what I've I've noticed too, in, in like all the skills we've learned whether from Chris and or from other, um, you know, real estate influencers. Now is the time like where we're really implementing and you're going to see like on the flip side, after we kind of come out of what this recession, however long it is, you're going to see like who actually has been putting in the work. Um, right. So you don't want to be left behind. Uh, watch whatever videos, join that group. Um, mm -hmm. That's going to like take your skills to the next level to close these deals. Um, right. And like you said, you can take these skills um, on the higher level of like commercial even. Um, it's all like psychology. It's all like just solving it the is. problem. How are you solving the problem for the seller? Like that's kind of how you want to frame it. Yeah. And I, I think um, as you build up reps, I think you're going to get more confident because when you're starting out, you're not sure if you're saying the right thing or you're asking the right questions. But as you get more reps and you get comfortable First was, you know, being shy, getting on the phones. You're not sure what you're going to say. But um, once you right. once you start getting your reps in, practicing cold calling with uh, your community, um, you know, uh, going back and forth on objections. Right. And how to handle those object uh, objections, then I think um, you'll build more confidence and then you will, you know, have that rapport. Um, like you said, um, get, get more like, what's the pain point? Um, and then you get into this kind of back and forth of negotiation and seeing what, 
works for you and you know what you're what you can get from a buyer right i mean that's the other thing too is like negotiating with buyers too like that's oh, something yeah. that's not really talked about either and i think I'm, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about marketing or just like kind of getting into wholesaling, like for on the low, like super cheap, like you st there's still an entry cost to like getting started, but mm -hmm. there's affordable ways to like to do it. But uh, we we're talking about our experience. I'm like, I didn't know I could like negotiate or like I didn't know mm -hmm. how to negotiate right. with buyers because buyers are going to look out for themselves. Of course, they're going to give you their lowest offer. And if you accept it, you're like, cool. But um, it doesn't mean I mean, you don't want to toy with them, of course, but if, if you know, like, Hey, it can be worth this much, or I can get it at this much. I mean, mm -hmm. you can kind of like negotiate with the buyer a little bit. Um, but that's, it's, it's all in, in just talking with people, like just putting yourself out there and having that confidence. Cause when you don't have the confidence, the seller's going to tell, uh, buyers will also know this, that as well. So it's like, you know, there, there's a certain sound you, you put out, like when mm -hmm. you, when you're confident versus mm -hmm. like timid, you're just kind of like stuttering, which, you know, starting out, like that was definitely me or just like, <laughs> me too. uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's just, it's, it's all in like putting in the reps. Um, and it's just like also learning, like what's, how can you structure certain deals as well? Like, um, mm -hmm. creatively, uh, you know, there's no, no longer in this market is a cash offer the only option yeah. so to speak um you have to find different ways to get creative in offering solutions and always coming in with value like that's something we've talked about too is like how can i add value to the seller or the buyer whatever the case may be um but you know it's it's all about understanding there's more than the cash offer so if you need to learn how to like pitch the, a creative offer creative finance subject to uh, there's like novations too, which I'm not, you know, I'm kind of learning, um, kind of working on a deal, hopefully the JV with somebody, but, um, you know, learn these different techniques or join these groups, uh, where we're talking about this and mm -hmm. learn how are people pitching this to sellers? Because if you're only coming in with a cash offer, you're more likely, I mean, not to say you're not going to close deals. You, you will, if it's like, you know, you, again, you've kind of followed that to those steps, but if you're not, you know, helping out, um, or if you're not understanding like what else you can offer the seller, it's all about options. Like we like options as humans, like, uh, right. Like give me what, what can work for me. Um, you, if you only give me one option, I'm just going to be like, well, there's no really, there's no place mm -hmm. to go. But if you're giving them several options of like, Hey, as a cash offer, we may not be the best buyer for you because, uh, given this market, we're going to be way below your asking, but you're asking this price. I may be able to do that if you're open to terms or if you're open, right. if you're flexible and just kind of leave it there and just, and that's going to pique their interest, right? That they're going to be like, what do you mean terms? Or, or like, what do you mean flexible? And mm -hmm. you can be like, well, I can offer you more. Um, but this is what it would look like. You get some of it now, some of it later. Is that something you need? Uh, obviously it's not going to work for every seller. Some sellers need all the money um, to to, you know, depending on their pain point and their situation, but more likely than not, people are going to opt for getting more money. Mm -hmm. It's going to pique their interest. So now you have to, you know, you have to kind of work that and it's all in reps yeah. practicing how I can pitch that. So there's so many things that go into acquisitions and closing. It's not just a cash offer. Um, mm -hmm. So use this time now to learn and put in those reps. Um, and yeah, ask, ask the people in your community, like you said, like, because 
I think that's the biggest thing is like, you're not alone in this and you don't have to figure it out on, on your own. Um, right. If, right. if you haven't gotten your first deal, like just focus on, even if it's just cash offer that, you know, or like understand, just stick with that or ask somebody the JV with you that you, mm -hmm. you know, that you trust, um, that, you know, has kind of been in, in, in the game for a while of like, Hey, you know, this person wants this and, um, you know, they may be open to other options and then you can kind of work with somebody that way. But, um, you know, just, it's just putting in your reps. That's all yeah. we're going to really keep saying throughout uh, this episode. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. I think, uh, you know, giving options gives you more chances to actually, you know, lock up the deal because you're giving, you're solving an issue they may have, um, on that. We all know that they said, yes, they want to kind of sell, but how do they want to sell right and mm -hmm. that's that's what you're trying to figure out and come to an agreement on and if you have more than just one option uh, for them to pick then i think um that will kind of solve the solution that's you know uh available for you to actually lock up that deal right. and i think like you said it's it's really you know, getting in those reps and learning and making sure that you have those options available. And it's okay. Like, you know, um, you can do it on the follow up. It doesn't, you know, because you might come back and say, you know, let me check with my finance manager, see if this number works. Um, mm -hmm. And then you follow up with them and say, hey, you know what, actually, you know, we came back at this number, but I have another option for you that he brought up or she brought up. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, so you always can do it on the follow up. Don't think you have to do it right away because you can go back right. and ask your community. It was like, hey, I'm, I'm at this comp. Can you help me comp this? Um, and then, you know, someone might be uh, more versed in creative financing. So, hey, throw this at at the buyer or the seller and mm -hmm. um, see if that's an option. So. Um, you know, so don't always think you have to throw all the options out there, you know, on the first call. Um, right. But, you know, on the follow up, it's important too to address maybe some of those options that you've learned, um, maybe with your community or who people you've asked. Yeah, that's such a great point. Um, it's really important to just kind of, again, just put yourself out there. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the, the first call that you ever have, whether you're cold calling or like if, if you're, you know, even if you're doing SMS, like you kind of are vetting them, like it's all vetting. You want to gather as much information. So gathering the four pillars, which is um, property condition, um, timeline, motivation and price. Right. You want to yeah. gather as much information or like, you know, if you have a VA, you like because that's how you'll identify okay is this a lead is this a warm lead is this a hot lead like especially like the timeline um and mainly like the the pain point as well like what like what's uh what's the seller dealing with so something that's that comes up often is um it's a tenant occupied they haven't been paying rent or maybe they have but you know anytime the the owner wants to sell maybe the the, the tenants are like no i don't want to move or you know i don't want to you know, they're, they're just being resistant. So it's all about gathering all that information. And once you gather the information and, and listen, you guys don't have to have a huge team. Like I still am in just a solopreneur or whatever. And I just kind of frame it 
where, mm-hmm. hey, let me consult with my finance. Man- like you always have mm-hmm. to, you want a good cop, bad cop. Yeah. And your 100%. finance manager, like, like Tim mentioned, is the bad cop. They're the ones I didn't give you that offer. My finance manager did. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, you can frame it where you have a team that you consult with but it's always you talking. Now, once you have a team, you may like pass it on to your acquisitions or your, you know, like if, if I'm the co-caller, I'll be like, yeah, I have Tim. He's our um, acquisitions manager. He'll take care of you. Um, you know, he, I'm going to pass this information over to him. Um, so if you happen to have any questions, he, um, he'll, you know, you want to gas up the person. Um, mm-hmm. But in a sense, I'm the same person following up. So the way I would do it is, um, okay, great. This is all the information. What I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, consult with my team, uh, specifically my, my finance manager, and um, we'll run the numbers and see what we can offer you. Um, and, and, I'll get, and I'll get back to you. And so that's a way where you, you know, you're, you're kind of referring back to your finance manager. So when you do the follow-up call to make the offer, then you can like, again, yeah, so I spoke to my finance manager and this is a, you know, a property that we really enjoy. We're looking at three other properties right now, but this is the one we really, really like. Um, and, you know, just kind of referring to, to that and um, just being like, yeah, my finance manager, uh, after running the numbers, we, we have to be somewhere around this price. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Or you can kind of go uh, look at the comps and be like, yeah, I saw this property here on this street on one, two, three blue street sold for this much, not too long ago. Like, what are your thoughts on that? You're not really giving, you're kind of sensing a price. Cause then they may come out, Oh, just give me 80,000 and and I'll be good. And if it's below your MAO, then you're in a good position. Um, or if they're like, no, I will never take that. You know what? You're right. Let me check in with my finance manager and give you a call back. Or you can put them on hold, on a hold. Mm-hmm. Like, let me let, let me uh, connect with them real quick and get back to you. So um, you can frame it and just being you. Like you don't have to have this grand team. It's all about your process, which we talked about kind of in the operations side of yeah. things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Elon here. Yeah. Reverse engineering the call by skiing mm-hmm. sellers. Have you considered have you considered type of questions to narrow down what solution to provide them eliminates a lot of guesswork. Yes. So you, you don't want to go off of assumptions. Like you want to gather as much clear cut information um, because that's kind of going to be your, um, your ammunition when Mm -hmm. you give the offer. And if the sellers are resistant, you can be like, but I'm confused, Tim, you told me that the tenants haven't been paying. What do you mean you're, you know, that's, uh, you're, you're, you're not going to sell then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just trying to help you here. Um, you know, where, where do you think you would need to be for this to be a win-win situation? And so you're, you're kind of throwing it back at them. You're kind of pull, pulling back in a, in a way. Um, and now you're putting the seller in a certain predicament and they're like, well, I, I don't know. I may just list it. Okay. Well, if you want to list it, you're going to have to get some showings you're going to have to fix up the property you're going to have to um work with the tenants doesn't Mm -hmm. sound like that that's been something you know do you think that that's a you think that'll work or do you think that works for you uh you know you may have to wait you know right now uh, properties are sitting on the market for a very long time yeah you know you want to like put these little like words in the seller to create some hesitancy because it's not like you're lying to them you're being like you're keeping it real. It's just like you're framing it. It's all mm-hmm. in the framing. And right. then you're going to get the seller to start thinking, be like, well, yeah, you're right. You want to like 
frame it to where your solution is the best solution because usually it is right like we're we're Absolutely. offering the seller like a win-win ultimately they need to sell the house they need to sell it quick they're not really going to do that with a realtor um realistically depend you know maybe depending on the market but where the market's going right now it's it's a little bit tough so these are kind of things that you learn as you listen to other people uh, you know call there's tons of content on youtube that you mm -hmm. can see how people manipulate uh and i don't want to say manipulate but like the way they kind of use their words um to really like get information out of the seller right so right no, I, I think that's key, too, because I think if you uh, frame it to where you you're a company and there's different roles and you're always in contact with the seller and making sure that, you know, you're trying to work with the seller to get that that um, offer price that they mm -hmm. want um, and they what they're doing is they're seeing you put in work to get that price. But going back to the framing part is like, you know, Hey, um, my finance manager came back with this. It was based off of, you know, uh, what you had told us about, you know, uh, non or the renovation that is needed for the house or uh, the tenants that are in it. Um, they're not currently paying rent and they could not leave the premises. So, you know, these are all factors within um, the conversation. So right. I think um, you, you know, by having that structure um, and how you frame things is very important too, because you always want to be, the bad guy or you have someone like I might call um, Gladia up and say, hey, I have this seller. Um, can you uh, talk to them? Um, you know, we we play good, good, good cop, bad cop, like mm -hmm. on the phone with them. Right. And right. Um, so and we you know, we we basically have a tag team that particular um, buyer, right. Or a seller. So, right. or I might have Gladia call and say, and give a higher or lower, way, offer. Or, yeah, lower, way lower offer. Right. On, on the deal. I've so. closed a deal doing that way. Yeah. Uh, where, um, I had to renegotiate the price with the seller because, um, I, it was having a hard time moving the deal, uh, with buyers. And even then I was like, Oh, can you guys have some wiggle room? And Right. I think I had to go down like 15,000 um, deduction. Uh, and I, I was I through, I was like, Hey, we're going to have to be at 50,000. Um, and, and, you know, in, even with price reductions, you have to frame it. Yeah. Given that, you know, it's a really old property, it's going to have to be a torn down. Uh, you know, it's, that, that's going to accrue costs and, you know, mm -hmm. the labor costs are really tough right now. Um, and based off of that, we're going to have to be at this price. And then just kind of, you have to be comfortable with the silences. That's some, mm -hmm. something I've learned. Like sellers hate that. I mean, I hate that too, but like yeah. when you're, you know, it's all psychology. So the sellers can be like, wait, is that, is that your offer? I'm like, yeah, that's what my finance manager after like going through the property and blah, blah, blah. Um, and if they're like, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to think about that. So then I hit up um, something I knew a uh, local to that market, mm -hmm. I was like, "Hey, give the seller a call and offer them like twenty thousand dollars less." Mm -hmm. um, and so he he did the same thing, kind of like went through the the route of like making them an offer 
and offer them 30,000. He's like, yeah, no, I'm not taking that. <laughs> so it's like it, your frame, you're kind of like framing the seller to take your offer because I mean, you have to do what you have to do. And yeah. I don't want it to seem like we're taking advantage of the seller, but sometimes you have to do things to wake the seller up of like, yeah. Hey, this is your best option. Like we're, we have to be at this price. Like otherwise they wouldn't, they would have trouble selling it. So yeah. we're offering solutions. And so the seller got back to me. He's like, yeah, just send me the addendum and, and we'll sign. And yeah. that was it. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes the seller is just like, you know, just no, no. They're I'm not, I'm yeah, not that motivated. Stubborn. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's, uh, it's important to identify these, these key things that sometimes you do have to do that, but it's all in like the framing. It's all in like mm -hmm. how you present it. And to start off with, you may struggle a little bit, but you have to just practice and put in the reps. Um, but it ultimately it's just solving problems. It's yeah. just pro solving problems to get the contract signed. Um, and even now, like you don't have to go to see the, uh, property to get the agreement is it can all be done electronically. And I don't like wasting time. I, I did that in the beginning where I would go check out the property first and mm -hmm. then put in an offer. Cause then we can go taking pictures, but why, why waste your time? Why, the, seller, waste the, time yeah. the seller can like reject your offer. And so you just all you just did the most having to drive there or like pay somebody. Now it does depend. Maybe if you do have sometimes sellers are old school. It's like no, I need a handshake or or whatever. And like maybe then you have to kind of get creative. And I've learned in this game, it's all about getting creative. Mm -hmm. um, but if you can kind of word it where you're like, well, you see, it's like it costs money to get an inspector out there. And so to show you how serious we are, we like to get it under contract. And once we mm -hmm. get under contract, like. Um, we still need to do our due diligence, but we rather do that, like have that commitment first with you. Um, now we'll have to go in and verify the information you provided us. And I always use the example, like, you know, if we go in there and there's a hole in the roof or, you know, vice versa, uh, you know, that's, that's something to get them to understand, like, please sign the agreement first, mm -hmm. so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, so you guys can do all that through like DocuSign. And I think, yep. um, a couple episodes ago we did like how you can get some electronic signatures for free yeah as well exactly. um not just docusign so um yeah we it's, it's already like 30 minutes like i'm like i know so this could have been an hour this. one yeah yeah totally uh, but i mean there's so many things you can do out there i think it's again just taking action yeah and i think um you know just once you you know, you have the confidence and you're giving the seller options and then you're framing, um, you know, uh, the deal basically and, and with the seller and, um, you know, you have your, uh, you know, good cop, bad cop strategy and what you're going to do. And then you lock up the deal um, with that. And then you, you know, you said we basically, you know, send a document to via DocuSign to get signed. Some people are old school, so you may have to have a carrier come over there and and give them the documents, but uh, or notary or whatever or the case may be. The seller yeah. out to yeah, get you, you meet, yeah, <laughs> you meet, you meet them, you know, the old school way. So um, it's it's not always going to work out the way you want it to. You know, the things the we've seen it kind of all really. I mean, because we've been through it um and we're still we're still learning new ways There's of a new you know, situation every time yeah, every, every deal time. is not the same i mean even for you right commercial it's, it's yeah, just yeah absolutely the same. absolutely so and the market has changed too so 
we're not getting as easy of deals now just because people are expecting more for their house. Um, so that's why we're going back to framing and educate them on, you know, hey, the, the market is shifting. You're not seeing it because it's not in the mainstream, but we're seeing it because we're in it every day. Right. So right, right. just kind of educating them on that. And then, you know, the acquisition part is the fun part because that's when you get to talk to the sellers. That's when you get to negotiate, you get to, you know, come down on the price or, you know, you kind of just work the way you, you, you kind of, your personality comes out within mm -hmm. the acquisition part right and how you want to uh, negotiate and how you want to talk to the sellers too because and and that's how you lock up the deals right so you know be yourself um use these strategies and um you will be able to kind of close the deal and you know we're happy to help you out we're happy to call the seller for you whatever you need we're, <laughs> we're here for you so that's um, right yeah i mean to close out uh some some tips i mean like you said i think acquisition is actually the easiest yeah um yeah. i'm saying it's like it's not like it's um rocket science but it is fun because it's like there's like that like feeling of getting it getting your contract signed or getting the verbal agreement of course you still need you know it's all about making as many offers and, and people are, are going to say no not everybody's going to take your offer so you want to follow up and create a process with that but acquisitions is, is probably the the easiest and like the the funnest because you never know what you're going to get. It's like, you know, Forrest Gump, the <laughs> chocolate. It's like every deal can be, you know, some deals are super straightforward and it's great when you, and you want to like, re, you know, rejoice anytime you get those deals where it's like, oh, wow, like everything went right. But you're going to get those deals where it's like everything went wrong and that's where you're going to be challenged. Um, so it's, it's just practicing or like asking people around like, hey, have you ever been through this situation before? Um, and just kind of going from there. But um hope you guys are starting to like see uh, you know kind of paint the picture of mm -hmm. like these levels right of what it takes to run a real estate business like like i said we just talked about uh last week lead management marketing like it's all building up right like we're mm -hmm. we're like starting from uh one level and we're gearing up to close a deal um and so I uh, really hope you guys took a lot out of this. Again, feel free to reach out to us on IG or, you know, comment uh, down below um, in, in the chat. We'd love to, like, get back to you guys. Um, but these next couple weeks, we're going to be talking about dispositions and transactions. And I think those are actually the, the hardest because mm -hmm. you're dealing with so many factors, the title company, you're also following up with the seller and also talking to um, uh, the buyers. Like that's a whole other ball game um, that again, people don't really go into the details of this all. So I hope, like I said, you guys starting to see like, um, like paint the picture in your heads of like what it, the buildup of it all. So really excited to go over dispositions because um, I've, I mean, I would say maybe Tim, that's maybe more your arena of like, uh, you've mainly been on the dispo side where mm -hmm. people bring you deals and you, um, talk about, talk with buyers and build that relationship. So I think that would be a really fun topic next week. Yeah. Um, but, uh, anything you want to leave the, the people with before we log off? No, um, I think, uh, next week's going to be exciting. Uh, I love this topic today and I hope it helped everybody, you know, kind of get an understanding of, um, the acquisition side of how it works and how we kind of work uh, our businesses. So I hope that helps your business. 
Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in and dropping love in the comments. Uh, we'll be back next week, 8 a.m. PST, 11 a.m. EST. We'll be talking Dispo. Let's That's uh, talking to buyers, title companies, you name it. It's going to be really great. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy the rest of your week. See y'all later. All right. See ya. Peace out.